0: Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 185 of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. Wait a minute. Episode 185 of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. It's been Mm -hmm. that long, I can't even say it properly anymore, Mm -hmm. that we did the last episodes. Uh, But this is Mark Stevenson from Clients First Marketing.
0: All right. And that's utter confusion there. So this this is Mark Vila from Koldesi. (laughs) And uh, uh, for those of you who've uh, listened to this before... um, then maybe Mark Stevenson will explain what he means about that. For anyone who's their first time listening, I apologize for Mark Stevenson's antics ahead of time, but there's some really good content coming up in probably about a minute or two.
1: It could it could be. So for those of you that have been, been uh, listening for a while, um, I'm no longer officially with Cold uh, with Coldessi. I've got my own marketing company uh, that I've been doing on the side for quite a while, and we've talked about that kind of freely in podcasts in the past. It's how um, I've been able to bring some outside perspective into the custom apparel business. And I'm just doing that full time now, but that's not going to change what happens here on the podcast. So I'm excited to keep going forward just with a slightly new introduction. All
0: right. Well, great. I love it. And I'm excited to hear Uh, Some more things you have to tell us in other episodes, but Mark is going to continue to participate in Custom Apparel Startups podcast for um, many episodes. We're also going to have a lot of other guests from Coldesi and and from outside of Coldesi, I hope, as well. So guests are welcome. If you're interested in being a guest and you have something good to offer, please reach out. But uh, we've got a bunch of cool stuff on the line. But today, we've got something particularly interesting. And uh, it has to do with some of Mark's recent experience, but also just in general, some things that we've researched and known um, over the years from talking to plenty of customers, uh, how to handle and keep your customers. Yeah, and, and especially
1: during that transition, you know, when, when you've only got uh, 10 customers, 12, 15 customers, 20 customers if you're really smart, if you've, if you've only got that number of customers then it's really not too hard to keep everybody straight right to keep all the orders because you know everyone you remember doing the quote you you mm-hmm. know you've got an easy job management kind of thing because there's not that many customers to deal with and not that many orders but that really changes completely once you start to scale up and and add you know whether it's customer number 11 for you or customer number 50 for you whatever marks that transition in your business from something that you can wrap your head around easily to you can no longer wrap your head around it easily
0: um that's that's kind of the point that we're talking about yeah and and actually it it is you when you reach that point and you kind of it's it's too late once you've reached it because you've re when you reach that point and you're not You're no longer organized, you're forgetting things, you're leaving clients behind, you're probably going to lose a client at that point in time when you realize, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe I missed this meeting, I missed a deadline, I forgot to follow up, I forgot to order. Just because you have too much stuff going on, you may have very well lost a client. So that's one reason why it's too late. Um, The second reason why it's too late is now you're a little bit over busy, you're having a hard time keeping up. You know, you're between just the mess of how you're keeping everything and inside your brain and your brain, you can't keep up. Then you decide you want to find some solutions, which we'll talk about. And you've got to learn how to use those potentially or write them or make them or whatever it might be. So you've just added more workload.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's not just (laughs) that. And and it's, you still have to enter in everything that's happened. Like you still have to, you know, it's not like you can just say, okay. I'm only going to systemize things from the last customer forward. No, mm-hmm. you've got to include those original customers and those original deals and everything in your whatever organizational style that you adopt or software that you pick.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, oh, I thought your audio dropped, but I think it was me for some reason. I lowered my my, my uh, speakers, but, but anyway, if we did, if the audio did drop, I apologize. Okay. Um, but I think I we're accept. good. <laughs> so, uh, how? So, this is uh, essentially what we're talking about here is you're working with a lot of customers. It gets very challenging. Some customers are going to be needy. Um, some customers are going to communicate poorly. Some are not going to pay on time. There's going to be a lot of different things you're dealing with. And it's not uh, when you have a system like an e commerce store where you're taking individual orders consistently. And, and maybe you don't have a lot of repeat customers. You have people buying t shirts of uh, something that is uh, hot or trending at the time, and you may never see them again, right? That's different than managing a book of clients. Like if you have uh, schools, businesses, sports teams that you, you want to depend on them over time, they potentially could be, each of those clients could be 5, 10, 20, 30% of your business when you, when you take them up. And um, if you say have, um, you know, you have like 20 or 30 clients and things start getting messy and you start making mistakes, it's too late. So here are some things that you can do to help handle all those clients, keep those customers and, uh, and overall just make your business better. Yep. That's
1: true. And I think, uh, and we've done a bunch of episodes on this in the past. I think one of the first ones that you want to take a look at is um, is a CRM. That's where we're going to start, right, Mark?
0: Yep. That's the first thing to start. And we, we've talked about this a bunch, but a CRM, a customer relationship manager software, uh, essentially, it's just a piece of software where uh, if you know what this is, great. If not, um, you should you know jump out and Google and find one. Uh, but it's a piece of software that is uh, notes and all the information about your customers.
1: Right, it's it's you know you if you think about it, if you are on the phone with a customer and you open up a um, spiral binder or legal pad or notepad or whatever, and you ask the customer for their information, everything that you write down is exactly what you would type into a CRM. Mm-hmm. The difference mm-hmm. is instead of um, flipping back through a book to try to find your notes, if it's all typed into a CRM, you can. If you remember their last name, you can type in their last name and search for it. If you, mm-hmm. you know, if you tag them properly and know everybody they were interested in sweatshirts, then you could type in sweatshirt and that that customer would pop up. So, mm-hmm. you know, at the at the intake point, it's super important to have something like a CRM, especially, mm-hmm. because this is where it all starts. And uh and it's also something where if you if you got it, you would load up all your existing customers in it as well.
0: Right, right. So it's a modern day Rolodex. You know, if you're old school and uh, you've been around for a while and you had a Rolodex or a a book full of business cards, it's a a modern day version of that that does so much more than just store phone numbers. So one of the keys to get from the very beginning is to get some sort of CRM. You can get a free one. It doesn't have to cost you money Um, If you in the very beginning. If you don't have the money or you don't want to invest in one yet, um, if you do have the ability to invest a little bit of money, what not too much, just a little bit of money every month. What what do you think is a reasonable cost for a like a good CRM a monthly? So so it really it really depends on what you want. So uh,
1: a very basic CRM, I mean, you can get into Zoho or or you know something similar for you know twenty to fifty bucks a month if you want to go paid. The um, the client's first CRM, which is one that I'm kind of customizing for the custom t-shirt business is going to be a lot more for a more advanced CRM that does more things. You're going to expect to pay between 70 and a hundred bucks a month. And that's, um, but that's... You, by far, you don't have to start with that, right? You know, but, um, but it depends on the kind of, uh, functionality that you're looking for.
0: Right. right? So, uh, step one would be free basic. Yep. Do that. One hundred percent. Find a free one. Many of them will let you have up to hundred or two hundred and fifty or more um, yeah. uh, customers for hundred percent for free. Um, you have to do that minimum. And and, um, and
1: first, let me let me interject. Don't um, don't get analysis paralysis here. You know, find one that looks easy to use and get it right. because they're they're all very transferable. Right. So so just find something. Don't spend your whole life. Don't use that as an excuse not to get started. Just just get started. You know, get pick started. one and get started and start typing stuff in.
0: Yeah. That's great. And, and the next level up would be find uh, an entry level one where you're going to pay 20, 30 bucks a month, something like that. Yep. Um, you will see that you're going to get more features like that. Um, and the next level up is going to be, you know, a higher level one. Yeah. Um, which is like something like Mark Mark mentioned, and uh, the client's first one, and that is going to do things like it's going to already have uh, uh, things like automated text messaging or in you know going from uh, sale to invoice, and you can move things
1: around. Yeah, you add workflows in there, all 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 kinds of stuff as you grow. But the um, but a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk talk about next is also included in most in many CRMs. Yes. And and right? even so, and, even
0: in many of the freebies. I mean, of course, absolutely. Read the feature list. But um but at minimum get a free CRM at bare minimum because it's really going to help you out because by the time you wish you did it, it's going to be too late and then you're going to have to backfill the information and uh, you're already staying up too late printing t-shirts, right? Um so and- let me,
1: let me, let me mm-hmm. just interject something sure. about your your workflow now, um, because this is a really important step in taking that next next step in your business, is when you get a phone call or when you get an email, you know, rather than relying on that pad next to you, you're going to keep your CRM open. And that's where you're going to take all your notes. That's where you're going to do your intake. That's, that, this is now a substitute for your pad and paper next to your desk. So mm-hmm. if you if you engage in that discipline, it will be a very easy tran, um, transfer from using a pen and paper to just typing it in on your computer.
0: Right, right. That's great. That's where you put in that you know the customer hates polyester shirts because they're allergic. You know things right. like that. Um, okay, so that's great. Um, the next thing that's going to be important to do uh, to keep your clients and keep your clients, keep yourself happy, is to set reminders. Right. And I think this is like such an obvious thing and shouldn't even be said. But um, if anything important is needs to happen, remind a a customer to get art, remind to pick something up, remind to drop something off, anything that's really important and critical, you should set a reminder for. And I mean, electronically in your phone, in your CRM, uh, wherever it might be, you need to make sure you get reminded to do things, because as you get busy and you're running around embroidery machines, and you're running around client phone calls, from noon to three o'clock is gonna fly by super fast. And you needed to drop something off at UPS by 2 p.m. Yeah. And you missed it, right? Um, So reminders are are huge, right? I I think that this
1: is, and it combines with what's next, which is using your calendar and setting Mm -hmm. your calendar reminders as well. I think that um, one of the things that have saved me uh, in the past month of, you know, going fully into the into the marketing business is, you know, having a single calendar with with reminders set because there's been times, and especially when you're doing the work yourself, like if you're mm-hmm. the one that's printing the t-shirts and at the heat press and everything, I mean, sometimes if I don't get a reminder that I've got to make a phone call or I have a meeting or something in 10 minutes, then I'm just going to spend, I'm just going to write blog posts right through that time period. Yeah. And I'm and I'm not because I'm careful about interruptions, I'm not going to see my phone. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to get any of that, but I will get a calendar reminder pop up on my laptop while I'm working.
0: Yeah. Or, I'll tell you. you know,
1: if I've got the CRM open on my mm-hmm. phone, I will get a notification that way as well.
0: Yeah, I, I do the same. I mean, if I'm really trying to concentrate on something, especially uh working on a spreadsheet, doing art, you know, uh, you and I write articles, right? Writing an yeah. article. Um, It very well could be something a little bit more um, technical and important in our industry, right? Like you're um, lining up vinyl for T-shirts. You don't want to be constantly picking up your phone, looking at things, you know, um, checking the time because you're concentrating lining those things up. You're in the zone. You got some flow going on getting production done. It's going to be important that you have a reminder with a specific sound that that sound means I should probably stop what I'm doing and check.
1: Hey, listen. Just just imagine that you had a personal assistant
0: that okay. would I'm that when that you right
1: you know if you imagine you know you're you're on the phone and you uh, you do a quote and the customer says I'm gonna I'm gonna think about it a little bit I need to order by Wednesday if you don't hear from me give me a call give me a call back Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. So uh, imagine you just type in your notes and you set a reminder inside your CRM or inside your calendar or somewhere. It's like having a personal assistant. You say, here's everything I have to do. Mm-hmm. Come tap me on the shoulder when it's time for me mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's exactly what it's like. If you can't afford that, then use a CRM and use your calendar because it's literally the same thing. It's, it's definitely, um, you know, I, I'm super productive now mm-hmm. because I definitely uh, focus on the task at hand until the bell rings And I see what I'm supposed to be doing next, you know, um, and there's no way you're going to remember that somebody has this event every year and you need to call them in April 1st next year. You know, there's there's just no way. So definitely the setting reminders thing is important.
0: Yep. I, I think it's great if you uh, you're, uh if you have a iPhone or an Android phone um, of some sorts, uh, Samsung something like that. They're going to have built-in reminder apps in the in the software. So if you don't know how to use those and and you would like to do it on your mobile device, just go to YouTube and search how to use yeah. iPhone reminders, and there'll be a video to learn how to do it. And boom, you'll be a pro in a couple minutes, and just start throwing things in there. The yeah. uh, also. Um, between, um, well, Siri is for iPhone. What's what's is, do you have one for your phone? Your Samsung Google, Google. Hey Google, right? Okay. Yeah, that's it. You can just say it and it will do it, which is cool too. I I (laughs) would do it on the way to
1: work. I would, yeah, I would set reminders for when I arrived at work. Yeah. And it would time. you know, it would do it by location to remind you.
0: Yep. I do that. Plenty. When I I said I do it in my personal life a lot because of work. So I'll say, yeah. remind me when I get to Lowe's to also get air filters. Yeah, you know, and because I'm driving, and it just popped in my head. And you can use your voice to do it too. So there's never an excuse. As long as you actually set them, it's really important. Okay. So and um,
1: I, I'll expand that into the calendar area too, and also yeah. mention this CRM stuff again. And that is, you know, if you think reminders like that are going to be valuable for you, whether it's integrated into a calendar or not, they're just as valuable <clears throat> if you can remind your customers of things. You know, so you can actually set, you know, remind me to follow up with John on April 3rd about mm-hmm. this job. You can also send an automated text message, message or email on that day. Like every April for the rest of my life, John's going to get an email from me on Wednesday at 8 Mm a.m. Hey, are you still doing that t-shirt order? Mm -hmm. You know, and you're just going to get business because that happens.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, I'll tell you there's, and um, if you have, uh, you know, Amazon, Walmart, any of these apps, um, CVS, they will tell you when it's time for you to get something else again. And they get so much business because of that. Yeah. You know, I'll just say, you're probably running low on this. I'll get those emails and stuff from Amazon. And I'll say, I probably am. I don't even know if I am. I'm just going to order it so I don't run out. And, uh, and then I go ahead and get that. So it's fantastic if you you could do that. Um, And uh, yeah, it's just another little thing. So go into the next one on the list. And since you mentioned it, uh, Mark is using a calendar. Yeah. So talk about how important that is. And and I, again, this is obvious. And I and I hate to say, uh, to preach to the choir to folks, but so many people don't use a calendar. And uh, tell us how important it is.
1: So, I mean, even internally at Cold Essie,
0: mm-hmm. there were
1: a few higher ups that did not like spend all day on their emails like like Mark and I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just were like, hey, um, let's meet at two. And um, and that would be it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, where with I would immediately fill out a calendar invitation for a meeting at 2 p.m. And mm-hmm. I would invite everyone that was supposed to be at the meeting. So it wouldn't be a, uh, a run around the building, go, hey, is is Bob here right now? Mm-hmm. We're supposed to have a meeting. I, you know, Steve said, to you know, it was time and, you know, all, all of that stuff. It's super important if it's your own paycheck that's on the line, if it's your own business on the line, that not just you, but your customers know and have a reinforcement and a commitment to when you're supposed to get together. So if you have got a call on that Wednesday with Bob about the next t-shirt job, then don't leave it at just exchanging emails. Say, I'm going to call you. If you send them a calendar invitation and they hit yes, they've done a couple of things. First of all, they've committed to you that they're going to be there and that they are available, right? That's kind of a mental and emotional commitment Mm -hmm. to availability. And the second thing is, not only are you going to get the reminder on your calendar, but they're going to get the reminder on their calendar when they hit accept. So um, everybody's going to get notified. Everybody knows where, when it is, there's no excuses. You get notified in advance as a reminder. Mm -hmm. Um, You are now in a place where those five customers that you used to have, you could, you could keep track and your friends, and you can give them a hard time if they don't show up. 75 customers, 50 customers, you can't manage your days like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, just from a customer interaction perspective, you've got to use a calendar system to schedule meetings, make sure everybody's on the same page.
0: Yep. So at any time that you uh you can get a time from a customer on when to show up, be there, meet somewhere, be on the phone, whatever it is, you definitely want it on your calendar and you and it's really great to get it on theirs. Yeah. Um, because it's going to remind them and they're going to feel they're going to feel obligated as well too, which they should be because they told you. Uh, but they'll be right. more obligated when they pick up their phone. And um especially, you know, if you have an iPhone, something like that. Um, when I wake up in the morning, my little calendar widget tells me that I have something happening at 10 a.m. Yeah. So I but I'm just looking, I went to check the time and in the corner I saw meeting with Mark Stevenson at 10 a.m. And then immediately, you know, my mind shifts. Oh yeah, I have that meeting. I am I prepared for it. Let me double check, you know, all that stuff. So that'll be great. Um, and I, go ahead. I was just gonna say the the and the other use
1: for for a calendar and meetings in particular is as part of the sales process. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you if you do a quote, you can commit, get a commitment from the customer on when you're going to follow up on it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put this in my calendar. I'm just going to
0: invite you so you know, you're, you'll know I'm going to call to follow up and see where you are. Yep. And there's lots of things you can do in those calendar invites uh, depending on the situation. So you can remind people um, 15 minutes before is usually when most things default to. But you can add second or third reminders to those as well. Remind people hours before or a day before. If yeah. something they should be preparing something ahead of time for you, for example, um, getting the size of shirts for everybody in their office, because you're going to come and you're going to finalize the order and you're going to want to have the list. So you could, in that reminder of when you're coming on Wednesday morning, you can set, you can hit, I'm sorry, in the calendar invite, you could put remind 24 hours before and they'll get a reminder that says on their, on their phone or their email that says tomorrow, so-and-so get the sizes yeah. and it's all in the calendar invite. So um, one thing I was going to say about calendars are um there's calendar apps, you know, right now, probably the hot one is um Calendly. Yep. It's a paid serve. I think they have free stuff, but they don't give you much unless you pay. Um, and it's, I think 10 or 20 bucks a month. It's not too expensive. I think 20. And uh, what this is, is you can sync up your personal calendar and your work calendar and all that stuff in there. And all of that's only visible to you. But you can send somebody a link and it will show them the the times you're available. Uh, That's great for those times when you are trying to coordinate meeting with somebody and you're consistently getting, I'm busy then, I'm busy then. Nope, I'm busy then. I'm busy right. then. You can send them a link and they'll be able to click on it and it will show a virtual calendar for you with the time slots you have available. And they can click and pick one right there if they want to and take that and spot.
1: I'll tell you, and you've probably used, you used Calendly maybe without even knowing it, but I, I just finished a, a podcast series for attorneys on paid advertising. And every time I get an email from one of them, there's a there's a suggestion for a Calendly link. Like mm-hmm. book a time on my calendar
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you click and 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 you can see the calendar. You can pick the time that you're available and it avoids that back and forth. Um, the other thing is that uh, a good CRM will also have this built in. Right. Right. So, you know, you can, you can have the, C- you can use the calendar inside your CRM and, um, and you can have the same kind of functionality, but I really like the note that you put in here and how to manage your not online time with your calendar as well, Mm -hmm. blocking out time for other things.
0: Yeah. I block out probably, um, at least eight hours a week, minimum every single week on a rolling thing to make sure for one, um, it's a, a little bit of a reminder for me to check stuff. Right. Right. So I block something for social media and, and during that time it pops up on my phone and whatever I was distracted with before, I say, okay, and let me just go check that. And I go and I check and I make sure some of those things are updated and uh, and, uh, and get it done. It also prevents somebody from looking at my calendar and thinking that I'm all free all the time for everybody because I'm not um, and you shouldn't be either. So if you if you normally do embroidery work every Tuesday and Thursday morning from eight to 11, specifically you block that time for that reason. For many reasons, probably. Whatever all the reasons are, like there's no kids around, you never have this, whatever there are, you booked them then. And if you start booking calls during that slot, you could probably take a call at a different time. But that embroidery slot's there for a specific period of time. So So, um, if you have that, you should put those in your calendar, block them out. For one, that's great for Calendly or or, or your CRM because people won't be able to book that slot. And it will remind you that Nope. Thursday morning, I'm doing embroidery. Sorry. Yeah, you'll get that reminder. As a matter of fact, personally, I just did this
1: um, because I walk in the mornings three or four days a week, depending on the weather. And it's usually at seven mm-hmm. now that it's light again. But um, but what was happening was I was also doing LinkedIn posts every day. So I would just get up in the morning as I usually do. And I'd start working on a post. And then all of a sudden it would be seven 30 or eight o'clock because I just kept, kept going, you mm-hmm. know, like I, I just kept working and then it was too late to accomplish what I had set out to do. So now when I wake up 10 minutes before I'm supposed to go for a walk, I actually get the calendar link and I have doing the, my, that other stuff, the the LinkedIn posts, things like that set for later on in the, in the day. So it's a, it's a great way to mix, not just your your professional life, but your personal life as well.
0: Yeah, uh, and uh, I'll I'll put. Um, it, speaking of personal personal life stuff, you put in there if your kids have, you know, soccer game, baseball game. If yeah. you want, if you if you want to take your significant other out, out for an anniversary dinner, you know, you can block those in there too um, and, uh, block out shopping time. You know, it, it's great. If you fill up that calendar for one, it's going to it's definitely going to help with your business. It's going to keep your customers happy. And it's also going to allow you to balance your life. How it, Yeah. Uh, I'll how it say too. To
1: um, last thing on that is it will give you an actual realistic look at your availability and, and your week. So mm-hmm. if you have to pick up your kid from school, you know, at two 30 Monday through Friday, and it takes you 45 minutes, if that's not on the calendar, you might look at your day and say, look at all this time that I've got. You know, but you know you've got to leave at 215. It takes you 15 minutes to get there, 15 minutes to pick them up, 15 minutes to get back, 35 minutes to get them all settled. So you're really not available to work, even to schedule your stuff for yourself to do
0: mm-hmm. during
1: that time period. It, it's it it may even give you the opportunity to look at your priorities. And, uh, and align your work schedule to,
0: to fit. Right, right. And uh, all this is just really good stuff. The calendars and the reminders are so key. And if, you, if you're listening to this saying, I already do that, um, I would just, I would implore you to go through and actually look at your calendar and look at your reminders and see how often you aren't using it. Right. And if you're not, if you add stuff in there, you're gonna be happy. So, um, so back to
1: the kind of the uh, that transition between um, being able to keep everybody in your mm-hmm. in your head and growing and still retaining your customers um, the the having policies and procedures um, that you put down here mark is is a is a lifesaver mm-hmm. um, because you're setting up rules in advance and how you're going to conduct your business and how your customers are going to conduct their business with you
0: all right. So a policy, um, a policy and a procedure for your business might be you, um, you don't accept blank goods from customers. You only right. provide the blanks. Right. It might be that all artwork needs to be submitted um, a minimum of uh, forty-eight hours before production. It might be that um, nobody can just call your cell phone, and you'll answer it. And help them, like whatever whatever it might be, right? And, yeah. and you have your own reasons for doing whatever those policies and procedures are. But uh, if you you need to kind of sit down and consider what are things you're willing and not willing to do for and with your customers, and why you're doing it. Right. Okay, so um, if if you don't want to do it because you don't like it. I mean, that's fair, right? There's having a business that you enjoy doing with things the way you like to do it is good. But um, more importantly, it's going to be the reason that you do it is to prevent issues. So you say you require art to be submitted 48 hours before production is going to start. So maybe you give them a date. You have to submit here if you want your product to be done by here. If you submit a day later, I move it out a day. Well, why do you have that? Because you know that, Um, there's probably a 50-50 shot that there's going to be a problem with the art. You're going to have to change something. You're going to have to get a second approval from them. So they're going to submit something. You're going to fix it. You're going to have to send it back to them. They're going to have to approve it. Then you're going to send it back again, right? And you go in this circle. And you know that that process can take a day or two. So you prepare that and you have this that you communicate this to your customers.
1: And I also like this, especially in that transition point, because it may be that you knew your first 10 customers and you're very Mm -hmm. friendly. So everybody just kind of gets along and they understand the business and the relationship. But when you get somebody new that doesn't know you personally, or maybe wasn't a referral or something like that, they're used to doing business with other people. You've got to have parameters set because they may not be prepared for the idea that, I mean, you may want to collect 10 or 20% in advance before you. Build the order. Mm-hmm. Where you wouldn't do that for somebody that you've done business with for 10 years. You know, you may want to make sure it's written down and they know it'll be 10 days mm-hmm. unless there's a rush fee. Where for your first customers, they would just call you up and you'd be like, Oh, yeah, I have time. Don't worry about it. Well, now it's different because you have you've got 30 customers. You can't do that. So you've really got to look at not just where you are right now, but in six months, if I have X number of customers, what do my policies and procedures have to be? And that will smooth that transition a lot. It'll save you a lot of heartache
0: if you've got it all in writing. Yeah. And it's um, and honestly, it's it's your fault if you don't have a, a procedure for something and you don't communicate that to your customers. Right. And then you can't deliver on time or um or, or whatever it is that makes them a dissatisfied customer. Essentially, it's your fault yeah. because you didn't let them know how should they know. You know, how should they know this? Why should they know this? And and if you didn't communicate that, then they have a little bit of a right to be bothered by that and maybe not come back. Uh, however, if you communicate, you know, I have to have my art. You have to have the art, you know, by this time. And they submit it three days later. And then they ask you why it's going to be late. They may still have some dissatisfaction, but when you discuss with them, say, "Listen, I, I sent, I told you it was here. I sent you a reminder via email. I, I had, a, I had a thing on my calendar to check on it. I called you and left you a message to check on it. And then three days later, you got back with me. I'm, re, I was, I'm trying my hardest to help you. You know, this is what I can do for you. This is what I can't. Right. And if the customer is not going to say." You're right, and admit it and then kind of move on. You probably don't want them as a customer anyway, because they're going to be terrible all the time. Right.
1: And that, that roll, that rolls right into the, uh, that was a great setup, by the way. Congratulations. <laughs> that was great. That, that rolls right into the next thing, which is all about um, firing all your customers. <laughs> Maybe not
0: all of them. I mean, but, but your job would be easier. It would be, it would be much easier. How uh, yeah. you, what you want to do is you don't want to be, Um, a, uh, like a slave to your customers. You don't want to be um, subservient to them constantly, right? This is the relationship should be balanced. You want to have a good business that is successful, that grows to the point where, you know, it's, it's, it hits the limit you want to hit. um, And that you're satisfied being an owner of this business because you didn't, if you wanted a job you hated, uh, I mean, you can go get one of those, That's easy. Those are like the easiest jobs to get. (laughs) A lot of People work for Amazon. Yeah. I have no clue if that's a good job or
1: not. No, me me neither. But I I have have a suspicion.
0: I have a suspicion. I I, I do know that there, it's easy to get the jobs that nobody wants to have. Owning your own business is challenging. It's not an easy thing to do. And since you've put so much work into it, you should have a little bit of say of, who you're going to let boss you around? Who are you going to let, you know, uh, participate in doing business with you? And uh, not everybody needs to be super great and pleasant. And it's always a balance of how much money do they give me and how big is the headache, and and that's a sliding scale. But if you have a particular, you know, customer, whether it's one or two or three, and uh, you notice that they slow you down from growth, their jobs are not profitable. They are. Um. They stress you out. You know uh, when they when the phone rings, like you. You know you you make a noise before you pick it up, right? If all of these things are happening, then this customer is not is actually making it worse for all of your other customers. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point.
1: I and I think like you've got to really own the idea that you don't have to say yes. You know, you don't have to say yes to your current customers. You don't have to say yes to new customers. You put yourself in the, in the situation where you're getting business that you want. You know, like right now, I'm at the point where um, in the marketing practice, um, I'm starting to say no to mm-hmm. potential customers. You know, just right up front, I'll have a little conversation with you. I'll try to help, but I really can't take any more clients until the end of the year. I'm just too busy. So, so it's a no. And some of the people that I'm just like, you know, really, like, you don't want to spend enough money, or I'm really not interested in that business, or um, you've just fired your third marketing person, it's probably not the marketing, it's probably you. You know, I mean, you, like, like, you can make those decisions when you talk to people and just say, you know, look, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to help, I'm, I'm too busy at the moment,
0: you know, feel free to try again another time. Right, and, and so then even we can even expand this for from fire customers or or refuse new customers. Yes, right. So they 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 do fall into the same territory. One is, um, one is you already know that they're tough to deal with, or you don't mesh for whatever reason that is, or um, and and also another thing is they could be the nicest, coolest person, but it just so happens that what they need is not what you deliver very well, uh, whether it's a type of apparel or a specific service. Um, maybe I had a friend who had a t-shirt shop and he had a customer that was like, um, just like a salesperson hustler. Right. And they would like they, He's like, he would go find people that wanted shirts right in his neighborhood. So he would just talk to business owners and then he would find somebody who want t-shirts and he would call him up and he'd be like, Hey, I need 20 t-shirts tomorrow. Can you make it happen? You know, how much Oh, the job pays this? Okay, great. And he said at first it was good because the money was good. He's like, this guy's paying me 20 bucks a t-shirt. I didn't have to do any of the sales and you know, et cetera, et cetera. The problem was, was every, every time this guy called, he needed the shirts within sometimes hours, Yo, can you make these tonight, man? You know? And uh, the thing, the money was good. So the guy knew he said he was a cool guy. He's like, listen, this guy pays a lot for shirts. He knows, he knows how expensive it is to do super rush orders. That's probably right. why he charges his customers, whatever he was charging them that he could afford to pay, you know, 20, 30 bucks a shirt wholesale. Right. Cause he's making profit on that. And uh, eventually he just said, Hey, I just, I can't do this. It's not in his flow of business. You know, he was doing like e-commerce stuff, so he had very planned out orders, and he was dealing with shipping and all that stuff. and And he couldn't drop everything and do an order because he was in the middle of making things from people he promised he was going to ship out today. That yeah, order between I, you know uh, five o'clock and uh, and ten o'clock the next day, stuff like that. That
1: that that's a great example. And I think as your as your business grows, you do have to constantly reevaluate. You know, unfortunately, some of those early customers. Because there may have been compromise that you made or, you know, when you've got unlimited availability, because you've only got five customers or 10 customers, so you've got plenty of time to do whatever they want you to do for money, right? So you've got, you know, you've got the, the time and the equipment you can you can do it. When you get to 50, it may be that the the way those first few customers, um, you, you can't support that kind of relationship anymore. You know, you may mm-hmm. get to that point. So if you if you look at your existing customers as you grow, constantly evaluate, you know, reevaluate whether this is the most profitable use of my time and this is the best application for the business that you're building.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, and and that actually goes into a bunch of stuff, which is almost a whole podcast in and of itself, right? Of of uh, sometimes you have to raise prices for these customers or change policy on older customers, and and it it happens to us every single day everywhere we go right return policies change the your doctor's office's policies change i mean things change all the time and uh sometimes you no longer do business with those places right whether it's because they've kind of made it where they don't do what you do anymore they've essentially fired you right right if uh when and and if and it gets even interestingly complicated, but when you're talking about just retail stores, do it to you all the time, right? Lowe's used to carry a particular product all the time. You're a contractor and used to go there all the time and buy this product. Well, Lowe's decided not to carry it. Why? Uh, Maybe they broke on the shelf too much or that wasn't profitable enough or the vendor was hard to deal with. Whatever it was, they decide um, we're not going to carry it. And we know that there's a bunch of contractors who won't, Who might not shop here anymore because that's what they use and they've essentially had to kind of fire you in a way Uh, not your fault they would love the business but it just doesn't make sense anymore example i like that a lot yeah so um you have to think of your business holistically look at uh groups of customers you have and it also could work for products as well um but look at all that and decide what shouldn't be there anymore every once in a while and you'll know it when you feel it and um I know that that's really complicated when it gets to be, I mean, what do you do, Mark, if you have a customer, I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. You have a customer that's like 40% of your income and yeah. you like really don't like them for many reasons, right? Um, but they're almost keeping your business afloat. Yeah. So how, how do you, what would you do? What would you do? I mean, I would, I would, it
1: would be, um, hard for me to get into that position because i really will only do business with people that i like there was All right, one well, i'm going
0: to that... change it up on you then okay here's the, i'm going to change it up because uh, because that is a great easy answer but i want to yes, make it is. harder for okay. you okay it with something harder so here here's the twist on it is that you have a, a client who was like your favorite client good money great every a plus across the board And then they um, sold their business. They called you up one day and said, hey, by the way, um, this person's taking over starting next week. And uh, great, you know, well, a week goes by, all of a sudden, this new person's a nightmare. But they're 50% of your income. What, what's some, how do you handle something like that? Cause I know that's a challenge that I've read online. And that's why I'm asking is because I've read this online on, on Facebook groups. Um, I've talked to somebody in person about this where they said, um, gosh, I would love to get rid of this customer, but it's so much money.
1: Yeah. So, so I would, I would do two things and I, I can appreciate that situation. Um, what I would do is I would be, I would set a transition period goal. And I would aggressively look for a replacement business. Like I would spend all my time looking for a replacement business. Cause if I've got one customer that's 50% of the business, that means I'm really not, I'm spending, I'm probably spending too much time executing that job than I am prospecting for new business. And I would just have to either work harder or free up extra time some way from that account or another to look for a replacement. Giving myself a deadline at the end of that period, I'm just not going to do it anymore. So 90, 90 days, try to get more clients to fill in as much of that, do whatever you can to do that. And then just, just let them go because it's not, it's not worth it.
0: Yeah. And I actually, um, when I spoke to someone in person about that, that's kind of the answer I gave. So um so that actually builds some confidence and having given someone that advice before. But I had said, I said, what you should honestly do is um First, I said shore up the whole house, meaning that make sure all your stuff is like efficient, clean, ready to go. So you have, so you can make time. Because what you're going to need to do next is you're going to need to find like 10% of your time. Let's just pretend you're doing 50 hours a week, five hours a week to find a or multiple, hopefully multiple clients to replace that one. Right. And that's what, what I would say to do, because it's very, it's the same exact thing as if you work a job, which everyone in their life has that they really hated. What do you do? You start looking for another job. And then when you find it, you get to leave the other job
1: and you're doing the the same thing. thing If if you, if you you have Mm -hmm. the financial luxury to do this
0: or the Mm -hmm. wherewithal to,
1: to plan more carefully, um, Organize your personal life so that 50% customer doesn't drive you bankrupt.
0: There you, you go. Know, organize your mm-hmm.
1: finances so you can lose two customers or three customers or you know 25% of your business. And you may not get rich that year, but you're going to be okay until you find somebody else. So the business number looks like crap, but your life is okay.
0: Okay. That's good too. I think that's great. And those are all realistic things and it is a real challenge in business. But the reason why you're going to want to do this is because of what I said starting off, right? The goal is to have a successful business that does well, that hits your goals and is satisfying to own and run. And it's going to help all of when you're in a good mood and you're happy to run your business and you're satisfied, it helps all of your other clients because they're going to hear it in your voice I'm setting the next one up pretty good, aren't yeah, I? I like that. They're yeah. they're, they're going to hear it in your voice. They're going to like to talk to you. They're going to want to participate in doing business with you. Um, so that leads us to the next one. Okay, go ahead. You're going to have to read your first line. Then, <laughs> um, it's just be friendly. Yeah, be nice to talk to. You catch more flies with honey, is what they okay. say. Okay, so so stop. Is it, so do they why say why
1: are you catching flies like do you have a spider or a, i mean like what do you like why what is the whole point behind wasting honey uh-huh to go out and try to catch flies
0: i'm in the larva business
1: you're in the larva business yeah you're you're a
0: fly fisherman yeah uh, well you're, no you're using not exactly to catch but the flies yeah i don't know what that means i okay. think it means i'm sure somebody could look this up but I would imagine that you um if that they would land on the honey and maybe get stuck or you could put poison in it.
1: Okay, poison poison honey is not something I ever I ever thought of.
0: I mean, you, you don't want it. fly, nobody wants flies unless you're in the larva business. Yeah, the larva business. I'm gonna Google that <laughs> larva business for sale. Oh, so um, I, I agree.
1: So the the more that you um Honestly, it really is the way it works. When, I, when I'm talking to a customer and I actually realize they can I can help them, mm-hmm. you know, like I was um, an attorney was using uh, Google search ads and he said he was wasting money, he was just going to cancel it. So I took a quick look and he hired me to redo some stuff. And within like two weeks, his cost per customer was down by 50%, right? So that, that's a huge boost. And, um, being able to take that enthusiasm to the next customer, like you successfully are, you know, you've got, you've got 20 customers that you keep happy. It makes you, um, makes you feel more positive about your business. The next time you pick up the phone, um, to talk to somebody, you know, that as you grow, you're going to bring that same kind of performance, Mm -hmm. you know, and it makes it easy to be friendly, easy to be, um,
0: naturally, to naturally get more business mm-hmm.
1: when you talk to people
0: about it. Right, so, and that kind of you know ties it together with the getting rid of bad customers. You know, you have good customers that you're happy to work with. Generally, you're satisfied with your business and you're going to do well. And also just friendliness in general, even if you have some bad customers, you know, resetting yourself, being friendly, answering the phone in a friendly way, telling people you're happy to help them, um, saying, you know, sure, no problem. Don't worry about that. Uh, I am I appreciate your business. You know, yeah. thank you for giving me the opportunity to help you. I mean, just being a friendly and good person is generally speaking going to have people want to do business with you. Yeah. And, I, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I do find that pl- people who have busy businesses um, are are usually the jerkiest. But really? they don't really, yeah, it's because they don't really want new customers though. They're too gotcha. busy. Yeah, I think
1: I think you know. It, I was thinking about when you fire when you fire that customer that is no longer fits your business or whatever the reason is. I think it would be a very friendly idea to find, make a few suggestions on other companies that might fulfill their needs. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, so if sure. you really don't like someone, but you still want to be friendly and kick them loose, <laughs> then suggest that they buy from Amazon merch.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of things you su- you could su- suggest, and and I mean, there's there's a whole episode about how to fire customers, right? And and it, and I've read a lot of things about um you know how to fire customers and make money from it, and how to fire customers but get referrals from them, you know. And right. there's all these interesting things you can do, but you know, when you the I think the ultimate thing is here is that when you're when you're when people like you and they recognize that you're um, sincere and that you're really trying to do you know good good for them right so when when all that you know kind of happens then uh people are going to adhere to the reminders you gave for them they're going to respect your time and show up to your calendar invites invites um they're going to want they're going to follow your procedures if you say hey get me the artwork you know within 48 hours they're going to do it because they don't want to do bad by you because you know you treat them right you're good to them, you know? Yeah. And uh, and that's, I think, one of the great things. And one of the more important things about being friendly is, you you know, you kind of you catch more flies with honey, whatever, whatever that actually is supposed to mean. I don't know. But when you want people to do things for you, that you prefer to do things for you, for people that you like, than to do favors or things for people that you don't really like. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, um, a lot of, you know, a, plenty of businesses we've all done with it's just you're almost bothered to give them money because the person that you work with is just not friendly. Not it doesn't seem like they care about you or your business, and um, and that's you know that's still important. You know, customer service is still important. And I had a conversation with friends of mine, not exactly related to this, but but in a way, and they were talking about um, everybody wants like a tip now. Like you can't yeah. buy anywhere without them flipping an iPad around and wanting you to answer questions and like right. to tip them for doing nothing basically. Right. <laughs> um, but that came up in a group chat and then we we're all talking about yep. that. And, and then it morphed into tipping the people you should tip. And everybody pretty much agreed that they're like, if I have, you know, you know, a server or whatever it is that, um, really is just seems like they're working hard and they're treating me right and they're doing good things. I'm happy to overtip them. Yes. You know I, I did they, and they were all saying like that they liked doing that. They, and, uh, and, uh, I said that we've got ice cream for the family and there's a young kid behind the counter. As soon as we walked in super friendly, you know, um, really nice to the kids, you know, just treated them like kids treated us like adults you know like he 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 went and then he made everything with care you could tell like he wasn't just sloppily putting it together and um and it came you know we checked out it's like 18 dollars, and i i i gave the kid five bucks i yeah. normally would not do that on on like ice cream right but i was just in a situation where i said gosh i said this was like it was it made an experience that I was expecting to be annoying, bringing kids and a bunch of adults into an ice cream place, and I was going to pe- pay for it. <laughs> um, and uh, And it turned into, you know, it just turned into a whole pleasant thing. And I said, you know what, this kid deserves to be rewarded. I noticed we've been here and like nobody else has been here this whole time. So he's not tipping out a bunch of money tonight. And and you do it. So uh, I think that all in all, that just comes to a, a really long way to make a point that if you're friendly, uh, you will get good and good customers. You'll keep good customers, and it'll give you the ability to fire those bad ones.
1: I love it. Um, all right, I think um, I think that's it for me.
0: All right then. Well, uh, in regards to this. What I want is I think kind of the homework thing to do is if you don't have a CRM, you should start making the moves to get one, even if it's a free one. Um, make sure you know how to use your reminder and your calendar apps, whether it's in the CRM that you're going to use or on your phone. And if you can tie those together, um, uh, your whatever email you have, Google, um, Office 365, iCloud, they all have calendar and reminder type of apps. Um, then uh, And then consider some of your policies and procedures, how do the, How can these tie in together? Um, and then just last, just be a good person to do business with and try not to do business with bad people. And then uh, overall, that's going to really help you keep those great customers and grow your business, hit your goals.
1: I love it. Um, this has been uh, Mark Stevenson from Clients First Marketing. And Mark Vila from Coldesi. You guys have a fantastic, well-organized, CRM-driven, friendly, growing business. Wonderful.